The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. I'm so excited to announce Dear Media's first ever daily show, Good Instincts. If you've ever found it challenging to eat thoughtfully while juggling a busy schedule, then this show is for you. Instead of aiming to simply eat healthier, we'll focus on tips and mindset shifts that streamline the process. Because balance is key, and the less complicated, the better. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm Taylor, and I'm so excited for this podcast. Okay, so you guys have been asking a lot of questions. Well, you've been asking a lot of questions about Ozempic. But the second most popular question is about my wife and my fertility journey. You have questions about uh, fertility in general, but a lot of questions, so many questions about our sperm and our sperm donor. And uh, it's, it's honestly... And this is shame on me because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, the only people that use sperm donors are uh, same-sex couples. Well, actually, well, women, I would say. No, wrongo. I've had so many heterosexual couples reach out too with so many questions about donors. And so we figured, you know what? It was about time that we have this conversation on Taste of Taylor. So joining us today is Sydney Sharon. She's the voice behind California Cryobank Social, as well as a fellow CCB donor recipient. Sydney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've had the honor of working with California Cryobank for about a year now. And Sydney and Tay and I all got together for a call like a few months ago. And our story, Sydney's story, it's so fucking interesting. So we are going to kind of get like into it. I know we always have new listeners here. So I'll give like a little bit of a recap about mine and Tay's journey for those people maybe who have missed it. But Sydney has such an interesting story. I mean, Interesting on interesting on interesting. Like she has donor experience from every facet of her life. So we're going to get to all of that. But yeah, we have lots of questions to answer. Also, we have something very exciting that we're going to do today. Um, So Tay and I actually do not know if our donor is um, in a position, if... Sydney, I'm going to have to have you explain this. But what, what is it? If our donor is open to our child when they're 18, meeting them or not? We we actually, Tay and I do not know the answer to that question. Is, did I say yeah. it the right way? Yes, we're going to go into what type of uh, donor you have, if they're ID disclosure, open, anonymous, what that all means, who your donor is, what that means for you and your future children. Okay. So we obviously can't disclose names because it's like, no. it's like the HIPAA, the HIPAA violation of donor world. Yeah, we just, we also want you guys to have your own level of intimacy and privacy for you and your family. But yes. we won't, so we won't discuss numbers or anything like that, but we can absolutely Absolutely. I'll take a little peek behind the curtain and okay. see. Okay, this is exciting. And I'm also kind of like shitting my pants. But the thing is, is that <laughs> um, like Tay and I, <laughs> we forgot to, pick, we clearly didn't, it wasn't clearly a concern with us picking him if he was um, open or closed. So yeah. that's on us. Like, yep. I, I think it just really sheds a light on like what our priorities were and what they weren't. But like now I'm sitting here going like, oh my God, if we didn't pick the right, like we, this is a big mistake on our part is what I'm saying. Look, there are so many 
levels to this and it can go real deep and juicy everybody's formula is going to be different and you have to sort of couple that with who your future child or children will be right you don't know who they are you don't know no. what their personalities are going to be no and i think this whole light of donor conception is really kind of coming to light because these this donor conceived community it now has a voice it's been 20 30 40 years since they've been conceived and things like Ancestry and 23andMe didn't right. exist. Not only did it not exist, I don't know if it was a blip on the radar of science and technology and medicine. And we're learning a lot. So I personally and humbly believe that California Cryobank is doing all that they can to kind of keep up with modern times, expectations, listening to the donor-conceived community. It obviously can't happen overnight. And I am I am just the voice behind, behind the social, but I am a donor recipient and I am raising donor-conceived kids. And right. we'll kind of go more into that story with, with my, my take. Um, it, there's a lot of learning curves and whether you are a recipient of a donor, a donor recipient, or you're adopting or you are a husband and wife couple in the bedroom, there is no handbook. There is no manual. You do right. not know what your kid is going to throw at you. And one kid versus the next kid are also going to be completely different. Right. So what one kid needs is not going to be what another kid needs. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it really is. Parenthood is a shit show. Oh. Without a manual, there are no seatbelts. Um, the thing that rings the truest for me with my three kids is our children come through us, not from us. Come through us, not from us. That's an important lesson to all parents. You listening, mom? She gets it now, but man, I, I have to fight her for a long time on that one. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're going to be like, you're going to have to handhold me through all of this because I feel like you have gone through all the questions I have. And also, um, just to keep everybody on the same page, my wife and I don't necessarily have the same, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not theories. Perspective. Um, yeah, perspective on like, what we would be comfortable with our child, mm -hmm. you know, what what their desires are. Tay's a little bit more proprietary and close to the chest because when we were going on this donor journey of like, what are which which course of action are we going to take? It was, do we look at adoption? Uh, Tay put the kibosh on that um, because she just really, I mean, listen, I think that if we were in a position where we had to go that route, she absolutely would be open to it, but she totally. really wants to try to have biological offspring. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. I echo those sentiments and look you you this is such an intimate journey but it's coupled with so much medicine and science and procedures it takes away from that bedroom intimacy and it i does. think that that when you you want that as much control as you can and when you guys become mamas i think she'll be a little bit more softer and open to like, oh, it's not about me. It's about my child. Um, and your whole look, when, right. when my wife and I got married, everybody's like, oh my God, what changed? What's different? Nothing. My last right. name. That is it. You know what changed? The Kids. second yes. my daughter took her first breath, it changed. All of it changed. Yep. All ah. of it.
Everybody yeah. knows how scared I am. Okay, but so it's scary. Around, it is, but we're on this journey. So we decided on using a donor. But I even was like, do we want to? We have a really close gay couple that are our like best friends. I've known one of them since I was in kindergarten, literally. Like I adore this couple. Handsome, so important. So anyway, I was like, maybe this could be great, like a modern family. And Tay was like, yep. no way, because we watched yeah. that documentary on Netflix yeah. about like, oh, so she got all freaked out. Yeah. And she was like, I don't want to have to worry about like time sharing my child. I want yeah. to be in control. I even like in a desperate moment, I even was like, maybe we could use my brother because in that way, biologically, I'm also yeah. connected. But my, yeah. my dad brought up a good point. He was like, Zach is young and he's idealistic right now. Yeah. But like, you know, he doesn't even have a girlfriend right now. And that could yeah. change the course of his life based on him having mm -hmm. a nephew or niece child so like yeah. maybe not yeah. the best course of action and people do it and god bless them so we but we finally landed on uh using a sperm donor and of course we went with california cryobank because they they are the mac daddy of donorville usa or Hell globally yes. yes yes my wife and i became a california cryobank family in 2017 is when we picked our donor uh i didn't get my job until like two years ago so okay. Um, there you go. Yes. I, I have I, I have always felt that way. Why? They are the number one sperm bank in the United States. Yep. They have helped create over 75,000 families globally in 45 years. Damn. Including, and especially, at least for me, and I'm assuming you on our perspective, they have been advocates for the LGBTQ community, helping our Amen. families just like us. Yep. So especially for same-sex couples going through the fertility journey, um, you, you want a sperm bank that it, or an egg bank if you are two daddies. You want um, a bank that is going to advocate for you before be be your friend and your ally in this yeah. you want a doctor who works with lgbtq families and a clinic that this is not the exception it's the norm yeah. so those were reasons um those those were reasons why we also had people within our community like older lesbian couples uh -huh, uh -huh. who have kids like in their 20s who use california cryobank so like once you like Done. open up the california california cryobank door you're like wait everybody, everybody is using them like we were we were at a wedding and there was um a woman that we we're talking to she's actually heterosexual but she decided after you know dating's ups and downs and she was like you know what i'm at a certain age i just want to have a child on my own and i'll figure out that portion of my life at another time yeah. She used California Crime Bank also yeah. all like, I mean, the amount of people we were at family functions or weddings, like I'm and I'm talking friends of friends of friends or like distant yep. cousins, like, and yep. I never knew. It's just, yep. it's wild. And honestly, all the kids from California are so, Crime cute. Bank are so cute and like Mensa, Ugh. they're like yeah. brilliant. So I was like, oh, yeah. that's what we want to do. And, and I've said this too. Obviously, I've been very transparent about the fact that we've been working with California Cryobank, but I tell you guys, whether we were working with them or not, <laughs> we would be using them. So yeah, off the bat. I, look, we, we, you, you want someone reputable. I think for us, the fact that we, I mean, I know we're called California Cryobank. The name is misleading. We yeah. ship to every state and we ship to over 40 countries. Amazing. So I think for us, having that global perspective was really important because for me, it actually did dilute the family units. It's not all concentrated in California. We're not helping people just here. We are helping people all over the world. That was really important to us. Something that was important to my wife that was really, uh, had, had 
California Cryobank stand out was their um, sibling registry. It is private. It is secure. There is no, it is not a for-profit site. Yes. This is specific for California Cryobank families. Let's kick it off with the sibling registry because we're going to get to it anyway. But most importantly, because Sydney, you are actually on the sibling registry. Explain yep. to the audience. This is so not only is Sydney a donor recipient and she has three donor children of her own. Mm -hmm. You are also a donor child yourself. Uh, my father is a sperm donor. I have donor siblings. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Please explain this. This is so fascinating. So my wife and I got pregnant. Uh, we waited until obviously like that safe zone to share our pregnancy, which of course was Mother's Day weekend, which was so cute because we're going to be two mommies. Right. And that same weekend, we found out my dad was a sperm donor 30 plus years ago. Oh my God. Um, he was dating my mom at the time. So she oh knew. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I come from a family where we share probably too much with each other and we don't really have those boundaries. And, oh, that's and, my family, girl. <laughs> there's nothing is taboo. My mom's a shrink. Okay, like we talk about everything it. and any, you do it. not come home and say everything is fine. Nope. Expect a two-hour conversation about that. Um, I think this was so out of sight, out of mind. Like it never came up. Not even Britt and I choosing a sperm bank and choosing a donor. Nothing registered in my parents going like, wait, didn't, why does this sound familiar? My, my dad had done 23 and me because he wanted to know more about his ancestry. And, right. uh, so he did 23 and me for himself. Yeah. Right. His dad, his dad died. He goes, okay, what are the family secrets? <laughs> oh, the irony. It was his own family secret. Um, <laughs> But he turned off all the notifications because if you if you've ever been on there, uh, you get, you get connected with fourth cousins seventeen times removed every yes. single day. Yeah. So he's like he turned it off. Long story short, he finally had logged back in and saw two people that matched fifty percent, which, which means be his children, his children. <sighs> um. So we found out about two, which quickly turned into three, and then over the next like two years or three years, I'm losing track of time. We, there's now six of them. Oh my God. And not only are there six of them, we've been to each other's weddings. We've this. had family reunions ever since we met the first one. We met the first one July of 2018. And every year since we've had family reunions at least once a year where we are all together. That is incredible. Okay, now here's it. I really want to ask you, I mean, you can speak to this literally from the child's perspective, which is mm -hmm. so beyond valuable. And it's going to bring me so much peace because this is something I'm really kind of worried about. Or like, it's just something that a lot of people who have children don't even have to think about. Or actually, maybe maybe they do more so than now because of 23andMe. Yeah. I am so excited just to catch everybody up. So where we are in the process is we have two embryos ready to go. I'm pretty sure Tay's going to go back in for another round of egg retrieval just because two is a great number, but there's plenty of people that had two embryos and they tried to implant them or, or what's it called, transfer them, and it didn't mm -hmm. take. So yeah. I definitely want to make sure that, you know, we're in a good spot because we're we kind of keep delaying the um, the transfer for just like our personal reasons. Um, but we want to make sure we have the best chance possible. And the younger totally. you are and the younger the embryos are, the better off everybody yeah. is. So yeah. um, we're going to go in for that. But, you know... I definitely, one of my biggest concerns is down the road, like once a child turns 18 and we're going to talk about meeting the sperm donor and we're going to reveal, are we even in a position to do that because we're morons and we forgot to check that box off of our list. Whoops, daisies. It's kind of an important one. <laughs> but 
regardless of a donor dad, children could always meet donor siblings through. Yeah. Okay, so 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 let's say, just for argument's sake, we did not choose a donor who we are going to be able to introduce our child to, or, or mm-hmm. however that works. Our child will definitely have access to meeting siblings, regardless of the donor being anonymous or not. Correct. Uh, caveats there. The the sibling registry is not a requirement. You do not have to join it. Okay. So it's not necessarily a full in-depth registry of every family who's used that donor. However, the position you put yourself in is when you do join the sibling registry, as other people decide, you know what, I think I'm ready, you'll start to connect with other people. So my wife and I joined the registry and we've connected with, I think, five families. Wow. Um, one of which we're, I would like to say, I think we're kind of close with, I hope. I hope they agree. (laughs) Um, And what I actually really loved is they were the first family we connected with and they are a heterosexual couple, which I was like, oh my God, that is like the coolest thing. And they are super Jewish. And if you know anything about me and my wife, we are super Jewish. And I'm like, why do I love this so much? We are actually looking at transferring some of our vials over to them because they need more vials. They want to continue to grow their family and would love to stay in our donor family. So I think for that purpose, it's kind of a beautiful connection to have. Like we have some extra vials, they need vials, our donor is retired. So like, let's help our extended family out. Their daughter is ridiculously cute because obviously, like you said, all California chronic families, yeah, Yeah. we make cute babies. Um, So yeah, we started to kind of share that with our oldest, our oldest just turned five. Um, our middle is three and our baby is nine months. The baby knows nothing. Right. Uh, the three-year-old, I mean, he thinks he's Spider-Man. So like we- He's not quite there. Yeah. We're yeah, not yeah, quite yeah. there yet. Um, but when I was pregnant with my youngest, we would read really great books about donor conception. They didn't know it was about donor conception. So they have some sort of idea. And so my daughter's slowly starting to understand like, oh, some of my, some of her aunts and uncles weren't raised by her grandparents, but they're still family. And this is why. So she's very familiar with what a sperm is and what an egg is and a sperm donor. One of her favorite movies is Mamma Mia. So that kind of fits really nicely into all this. I know, right? Um, So she sort of gets it. I love our little donor extended family, but I'm very aware that I also have had a very positive experience with donor conception. I know that's not true for everybody. Um, So I don't want to take away from people who have had, who are dealing and struggling with that. So out of my six biosibs, four found out, I would say on the traumatic side, like they did 23andMe because it was Christmas time and everything is a special and buy two, whatever. Um, And they were like, wait, my dad's not my biological father. Shit. Right. Okay. Um, so like they, they were some of the donor kids whose parents didn't have that conversation with them for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of those reasons were this was a secret we were taking to the grave. There's right. a mom and a dad. And why would they ever think otherwise? Right. Interestingly enough, it was all four of my sisters. Wow. The two that knew were both my brothers. Okay. And out of all six, only one has two moms. And that was one of the brothers. So he knew at a very young I was age say, because so they figured out pretty early on. Exactly. He figured that he figured that out. And then my other brother, his, his parents just told him when he was about eight, nine, 10, somewhere in that, that, that age group, but only the boys were told and the girls <sighs> weren't. And for some of them, it made them love their dad even more. Like 
He oh. chose this path. He right. wanted me. They did what they had to do to have me. For some, it was a relief. Their dad was not the greatest human being. And mm. to know that they didn't share genetics with them right. gave them peace. Although knowing that at an earlier age would have been really helpful Yeah, to their journey in their life. Understood. Um, some were kind of, I think, if they'd known earlier, it probably wouldn't have been good for them. So okay. again, every person is so different. I we, know. We are our own people, regardless of who made you or how you came to be. You are your own person. Our children come through us, not from us. Right. Um, they are their own. They are. We are each our own people. And um, it, it's been very interesting hearing all their stories kind of unfold. And one of them lost a father, lost the mother. They were an only child. So they went from being like an only child out there to now, oh, now you have eight brothers and sisters. I, this is making me so excited for our journey because <clears throat> I would really like an only child. Good luck to me. Okay. This one's ready for like four. Okay. Yes. But like, team no, four. No, you stay away from our team. Team four. You're team four. You stay away. I'm the lesbian with access to all the sperm. You come to me. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll have, I'll have Tay out. I'll get her, I'll get her hooked up. But I, you know, this idea of our kids having this, you know, it, like really big family and a lot of siblings is so beautiful to me. I mean, I really yeah. do believe in it takes a village. And yep. sometimes you can't build a village on your own for a number of reasons, yep. whether it be me being terrified or just, you know, <laughs> we only have so many embryos that actually take during transfer. But yeah. it's so beautiful to think of the fact that like, I mean, because we have really, we're really close to Taze. Um, sisters and brothers they all like live around us i'm super close with my siblings so we know that our child or children will have like a very big network of cousins but to mm -hmm. also in addition to have this it's really a beautiful thing this episode of taste of taylor is brought to you by ritual let me guess you can spot a too good to be true health hack from a mile away you text your friends the latest studies about healthy aging and you read labels like it's your job Congratulations, you're a skeptic and you deserve a multivitamin that more than meets your standards. Enter Ritual. And guess what? With Ritual, I know exactly all of those things. That's why I'm a Ritual girly. I've been taking their essential for women 18 plus forever. And it's because there's so many multivitamins out there. It's like, which one is going to do the right job? What is in what? Which one does what? It's overwhelming. But with Ritual, they cut right through the fat and they tell you, exactly what they got, exactly what you're dealing with. And that kind of transparency is what I'm looking for, my multivitamin. But right now, my wife and I are getting our bodies ready for the pregnancy journey. Yes, thank you, thank you. And that's why we're both moving to Essential for Women prenatal. So Ritual multivitamins are 100% made traceable with high quality key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms so you can really trust what you're putting in your body. And their delayed release capsules are designed to dissolve later in the small intestine, which is an ideal place to absorb nutrients. And their Essential prenatal is a high quality formulation that supports baby's neural tube development before and during pregnancy. It's vegan and has sustainably sourced omega-3 DHA to support baby's brain development during pregnancy. What are you waiting for? Instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. And great news, Ritual's offering my listeners 30% off during your first month. Yep, just visit ritual.com slash Taylor to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus or Prenatal to your subscription today. 
Again, that's 30% off during your first month. You just have to go to ritual.com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R. Again, that's ritual.com slash Taylor to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus or Prenatal to your subscription today. And now back to the podcast. When do you think it's a good age to introduce this idea that you're a donor child to your child? As soon as they're born. As soon as they're born. So who was I recently talking to? I was talking to a California cryobank family and they said, you know, when you have a baby, like like a newborn, yeah, they don't do a whole lot. Right. Um, and they don't understand a whole lot, but they need that connection and they want to be spoken to. And they use that time as uh, during infanthood and babyhood to practice the story of what they wanted to share to the baby. Oh. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Brilliant. So love that. Stories are great. They may not understand everything and they definitely won't at a very early age, but the more it becomes normal. Right. And you're also creating a space in your home where it's safe to talk about things. Right. Um, And I think people get really confronted with, well, what if I don't like them? Or what if we don't agree on something? Or what if, what if, what if? How many families do you know? Blood families that everyone get along and they have their own issues and they either make it work or they don't and both are okay. Right. And then how many people do you know, create their own families with their best friends that have been in their lives for forever and they're their chosen family fully. And then you could take it to another level. I don't not love my dog because my dog is not a human. (laughs) Like, like pick whatever lane you want to justify right. whatever world you want. It's all spoken in, it's all spoken in, right? So the more yep. you share about it and the more normal it's, it, the more normalized it is, yep. the yep. better. I'm a transparent queen, okay? Like like the way your family is, my family, it's just like we're vulnerable. We know everything about each other to yep. a point that's probably inappropriate, but whatever, yep. that's what we do. Preach, yes. And I love the idea of being like wide open books with our children, yeah. child yeah. children. And I mean, this will definitely be a part of it. And so I think, you know, and like you said, there's some people who maybe it was better. They found out that they were a donor baby like later in life. But uh, w- the way that I want to approach it is like, you know, everything out in the open from the get, like just complete and total transparency. I think, but I also think the caveat with that is we're not in 40 or 30 years ago where Correct. fertility services had a lot of, I think, taboos and stigmas. You didn't talk about it. I think a majority of the families were heterosexual. And I think that there is such a stigma on male factor infertility totally. when that accounts for like, I think 30% it's of a lot. fertility, like that's not nothing. Yeah. So I think, and you know, now I, I, I think the last stat I heard is, is like almost 80% of our at least followers, if not families for California cryobank are same-sex couples. Right. Now, 40 years ago, it wasn't legal. So you had to go like to extreme measures to have a family if you were a two-mom family. Right. So the times have changed. The world is different. Um, talking about this from a young age, I think is just kind of the norm. How many single mamas by choice are there now and have so much really? empowerment behind their their story and their journey? Times are changing, and and I think we're doing our best to kind of keep up. There are books that are readily available for children, like little children. I read the same book to my daughter when I was pregnant with my third. Um, What's it called again? Oh, that's a great question. I should look that up. Um, It's a wonderful, wonderful story, and she now she's just turned five. So from four to five, she really kind of was able to grasp what a sperm is, what an egg is, what an embryo is, what a uterus is. Um, and the book does a really, really great job of 
breaking all of that down. I don't even um, think I understand that. I should read this book. This book is for children and ignorant adults. The book is called What Makes a Baby by Corey Silverberg. Great. Great, great. And I think what's beautiful is that it doesn't talk about gender. It talks about what you need to make a baby. Great. You need an egg. You need a sperm. You need a uterus. Yep. You need some love in yep. the home and in the family. Oh. And I mean, it talked about having a doctor in a hospital birth or talked about having a midwife in a home birth. And I'm wow. like, this is, this is fantastic. We did home births. So I personally really love that. Yep. Um, Corey Silverberg does a beautiful job of uh, the pictures are great. And yeah, my daughter walks around going, talking about sperm and eggs. And I'm like, this is fantastic. It's amazing. I've it's done amazing. my job. Seriously. Yeah. Good job, mom. Okay. Thanks. Tay and I do not know if our donor is uh, anonymous or what you give me the terminology. What are the options when it comes to donor sperm? And in, in terms of your child being able to access that person at the age of 18, when that time comes. Yes. Since 2018, all new donors have to be uh, an ID disclosure donor. And okay. ID disclosure donors have already agreed and allowed California Cryobank to release their identifying information to any offspring once they turn 18. Okay. Period. There's that, no okay. period. Okay. Period. Period. We do still have other types of donors on our catalog that are predate 2018. Got so you. as those donors retire and and get closed out those won't be an option anymore we will get to a point in our catalog where we will only have id disclosure but so we we do have a few anonymous and we do have a few call con, that are considered open donors um they've agreed to at least a minimum of one communication with offspring once they turn 18 and anonymous haven't agreed to anything yet but they haven't ruled out like being a no right. california cryobank will facilitate uh, putting the putting people together. And at that point in time, that donor has the option to kind of suss it out for themselves. ID disclosure is where the world is starting to lean to and what we want more of. ID disclosure. Okay, so there's a chance that we aren't ID disclosure. There's a chance. There is and, a chance. And if I'm being honest, shame on me, okay? And again, not to talk shit about my wife, but I'm not surprised <laughs> that that wasn't on her priority list because mm. Tay's got like very kind of like, mine, mine, mine. And mm. so I don't mm. know. I'm not saying that she wouldn't want that for a child, but maybe it wasn't even on the top of her list when we were going through donors because How did, yeah, I know she took the lead. I mean, we were like, okay, I was going to ask who, I even, who I had to ask Tay for the donor number. Cause like, I didn't, I don't even have access to anything. Like, like Tay is, um, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a dependent. <laughs> and I don't know how to do anything without my wife. And this is uh, very much aligned with everything. It's like doctor's appointments, taxes, where my checkbook is. Like I am yeah. a full dependent. And um, so it's not weird that she took the lead on this because she takes the lead in every other facet of our relationship. Right. But especially this because, you know, she's been the more proactive partner in this journey. Mm. And so I kind of just deferred to her a lot. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it's like, I only have myself to blame, but I can tell you as a very transparent person, it is of the utmost importance to me to be able to give our child when they turn 18 the ability to meet their donor. Like, I feel like I would feel 
horrible if we weren't in a position to do that but it is where it is at this point we have picked the donor we have made the embryos we are yeah. on this journey we have nine vials of sperm like we're locked in and if i hear that we have an anonymous donor i'm going to be a bit heartbroken yeah i look and look this i think a lot of this even though it's been around for a little over 40 years 50 years something like that um this still is relatively new in the scope of modern family building. And I think that this falls into like what you didn't know you didn't know. You didn't know you needed to know this. And I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, he's so hot. That's like, if I'm being honest, like, and I want to be clear too. I'm not trying to allude to the fact that Tay like manipulated me and intentionally did this behind my back at all. We're both so superficial. As we saw him, we were like, hey, he's the one. And we did probably, I mean, we checked like education and like other important things too. We like listened, but like, I'm not going to lie. The second we saw him, we called CCB, our, our representative. We were like, we want him, we want him, we want him, we want him. We were panicking. I, I want to do a little bit of a peek and see who your donor is because yeah. the way that, first of all, I love the way people find their donors. <laughs> I think one of the best parts of my job is meeting families and hearing like, what was your formula and who did what? And from the, 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 the whole gambit is amazing. I'm the emotional one and my wife is the very logical one. And I was on the website for like four months creating new favorite searches because who are you looking for? Like I found my partner, I am in love, I am right. married, I want to have a family with her. So who am I picking? Right. All of our all of our donors are qualified donors. They would not be on our catalog if they fell short even a little bit. And that's why oh. I felt like it was okay to be kind of like weirdly, and, and I'm not saying superficial, like I'm not judging all the rest of the doors. I'm just saying for what we are looking for specifically. Beauty and so, is in the eye of the beholder. Thank you very much, Sydney. Exactly. But that's the thing is like, we kind of were coming out of super, like we had the luxury of looking at like height yeah. and hair color and eye yeah. color because There's we know everybody is vetted and good. Ironically, since we're doing a podcast, yep. one of the um, one of the families I recently spoke with, she was a uh, solo mama by choice, and she just kind of listened to all of so a lot of our donors have an express yourself button feature where you can actually hear interviews that yes. the donor does with our sperm bank. Yes, and she literally only listened to all of the voice recordings. That's cool, like a like a podcast series, and she was like, "Oh, I totally would grab coffee and talk with them more." Or don't like the way they sound don't want to talk to them they're not for me yeah how how cool is that it's cool we actually that was a big component for us too was our donors interview you got to hear his voice and hear his reasoning for donating uh, for donating which was like yeah. oh, he's like he's you kind of fall in love with them a little bit and like this, i know i'm like i like, have a crush on our donor <laughs> we love the way our donor sounded he had a really like sexy sultry voice and i'm yeah. like oh uh-huh oh uh -huh. okay who uh -huh. knew okay yeah so, um, so here we are. So we yeah. don't know. I gave Sydney my number. She has access. Mm -hmm. She's going to reveal what our donor is in terms of uh, giving our child the option of getting to meet them if they so choose someday. So this is mm -hmm. this okay. is uh, this is a moment. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Okay. First of all, I'm gonna bark. He's, he's very cute. All right. I told you. <laughs> So, like, here's a kid photo that's like, oh, okay. To die. To die. So, are you ready? I have goosebumps from my head to my toes. Um, your donor is an ID disclosure donor. Thank God. So, wait, yes, the, the good, the good, 
that we the want. Good. That is the. I have chills. He is the most. He is the one that that. Yes, you want. This is. This is what you want. Thank you, you baby Jeebus. Oh, my God. Yes. I was so... So when your child children turn 18, California Cryobank will release oh. his identifying information. That can be his full name, oh. where where he donated. Like the, We have several locations for, for donors, so where they donated, last known address or email. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm so relieved. I really was sweating it, but I was like, there's really not much I can do. So we're just going to have to like figure out the course of action based on what Sydney tells us. But oh my God. He's beautiful. And I know. Tall. He's six. What is he? Six, two? Six, two. Yeah. Listen. I want to model. This kid needs to work to live in our home. Okay. Like Yo. bring in the money. Well, he does have a master's and his areas of study are economics and finance. And uh, that do, sounds very smart. Don't you think I know that, Sid? Hello. Oh, I mean, I was like, my. he's rich. <laughs> he's rich, jeans. I'm a monster. This, <laughs> a monster. um, but look, like if you're, when you are in this position, this is how you kind of create that intimacy because- yes. For us, it was a glass of wine every night before our inseminations, and it was always getting shabu-shabu or pho post-insemination. Like, we had our own ritual that we had to create because right. we don't get to do it the old-fashioned way. Right. So we At create least, our new yeah. traditions. Exactly. And, and it's this. It's kind of going on a virtual date with all these different guys of who's, who's going to make up the other half of the DNA. And what's crazy about DNA is DNA. Like, I know. My my donor has hazel eyes. I have hazel eyes. So my babies should have hazel eyes. No. Right. right. It's no. Cra- it's, oh, my God. Nathan has blue eyes. And when my pediatrician said, oh, he's blue, he's going to have blue eyes. And I was like, right, he's a baby. When do they change? Right. No, Sydney. He is going to have blue eyes. No, no, that's not possible. She goes, well, someone on your line and someone on your donor's line had to have blue. News to me, they did. <laughs> I have three babies. All three babies have different yeah. colored eyes. So nuts. It's so crazy. I think it's so cool. This is, so, he's, re, I'm still staring at some of his Can photos. Can you even? He's a babe. He's a babe. And he's athletic he's holding a football in the picture. Yeah, this is, he's yummy. I know. Nice I know. going. And ID Thank disclosure, you. it just makes it all the more yummy. Oh, it just really, it sweetens it so, so, so much. Because, and listen, we would have figured out how, what we would do and how we would handle it if that weren't the case, but thank Thank God it's the case because I was really, I was worried about that because I, I just know the type of kid and adult that I am and I know what I would want and mm-hmm. I just, you know, I maybe I will be a better parent than I'm giving myself credit for because I already am worried about our child having every option at their feet. And again, whatever they're comfortable choosing. If they don't want to be mm-hmm. their donor parent, that's absolutely fine. But yep. on the chance that they do, which I can only imagine is pretty high, I want to give them that choice. Although, The Kids Are All Right is a terrifying movie and and, and, and lesbian couples should avoid it at all costs. The way I am oh, so scared. My- my wife watched that movie and was like, she had to walk out. Uh-huh. And worrying about being a good parent automatically makes you the best you. damn parent. Thank you. It just does. The worry is only going to get worse. Right. And that is just because your love for this child, that's not a child, it is an embryo. Right. And look, my wife and I have done IUI and we've done reciprocal IVF. So we did turkey based at the doctor, but we also did the IVF part. 
IVF is no joke. And no joke. I am in a very blessed position to get to work with all sorts of families and hear all sorts of stories. There are some serious kick-ass warriors in our world. And I only had to do one round of IVF. It was fucking brutal. I hated it. I wish it upon no one. Yep. If I had a magic wand, it would be to like get rid of infertility. I hate it. Yep. And there is something about making an embryo. You find out you have a viable embryo. You find out you have a girl embryo, a boy embryo. And like, you're like, oh, this is their name. And this is who they're going to become. And this, you like, a whole life flashes before your eyes and it's just an embryo. It's, it's not. a. And I'm like, the attachment that I had to that embryo was way more intense than when I did IUI. Because for me, IUI was like, it's either going to work or it's not. Right. IVF, it's already sort of worked. Right. We're there. It's, it's, ooh, it is, it is brutal. It is brutal. I don't know how women do this. I know I did it, but I don't know how I did it. I don't yeah. know how women do multiple rounds of this. There are, gosh, women are, we're amazing. We really are, right? Like, like super. I, I have another fear thing that comes in. So I'm so thrilled that our child can meet their donor dad. But... Like, I watch a lot of, like, Law and & Order and stuff. And so, and I'm crazy! And I, I'm, a, I'm a worry wart and I don't even have a child yet. I'm, my kid's getting so screwed. But, like, um, did your dad get to meet um, their donor children? Or, like, have, like, ha, uh, you know, what's your plan for your children to meet their donor dad? Like, just so I have, yeah. I don't know, just be my spirit guide on this one. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that with, with the ID disclosure, it doesn't necessarily meet, mean that they will physically meet in person. Okay. But your child will be given the information to contact and connect and go from there. And whatever comes of that comes of that based on where this donor is in okay. 18 okay. plus years. Can I As be there my, when they do that? <laughs> now I'm now I'm being girl, controlled. Girl, that is that is up to you and your child. Will it be Mark Ruffalo? I'm just kidding. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you um, imagine? Oh my god! Could you imagine? That would be a brand new movie. It would. Oh, and look, I also think that if you're open as early as you possibly can be with your child, they're yes. gonna want that for you because oh, this right. this this person changed has already changed your life. Right. I didn't even think about that. Oh my God, what a selfless mother I am. I'm over here worrying so much about my child. I'm not even thinking about me. Yeah, right? We've connected with six biosibs. Yes. And in the last five years, we have met all of them individually and as a group because okay. we've been invited to each other's weddings. My dad has done a speech at one of the weddings. Oh. So we have all met. My dad has not only met all of these biosibs, um, he's met parents, he's met grandparents, he's met aunts and uncles. And it's interesting, a lot of the mothers were the ones that were sort of reserved of, hmm. I don't, I, like, I, I think there was a mix of, um, first of all, I do not think that this was ever in the realm of a reality, possibility, dream, fantasy. I don't think any of that was ever there for them when they did this, right. however many years ago. Um and I think they also didn't want to overstep the husband or father's shoes. Right. Or what have you. Some of the fathers are no longer here. So I think that was kind of a hard thing to grasp and juggle. 
And all I can say is that when they were finally open to being a yes, primarily because their kids wanted them to be a yes, and they wanted their moms to meet their bio dad, right? it was awfully moving and and deeply profound. I, I, I know I have rosy colored glasses on. I know it, I own it. I know that's not the case for everybody. We have a really happy story. My dad just uh, had a 60th in July and everybody flew out and we had a massive party and they stayed for a week. And oh. um, my my the one thing my daughter does understand is all the cousins she has because I have a lot of bio sibs that have right. kids. So they're all... Talk about a big family. Oh my God, our oh, kids' weddings are gonna be so expensive. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna do a GoFundMe because literally, that's insane. Or can they just marry rich? Like, hello, yeah. Do me a favor, okay? Look what I went through. Please, just marry someone rich already, or become a supermodel financier at the age of eighteen, or elope, but with us. Please, please, with yes, your, yes. With your, with your fifty immediate family members. <laughs> <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> um, last question about this um, donor dad front. Um, was your dad shocked at how many donor kids he had? Was he prepared for it? Like, had he even thought it through when he was a donor? You know what I mean? No, he was shocked to find even one. Um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> oh my god, I remember that day like it was yesterday. My wife poured him. Uh, my dad's like, I need some scotch. And usually you only pour like one or two shots, I think, of scotch. Right, and Brit, right. Brit, poured, Brit poured up a quad. Like, she's like, you're going to need this. And his his first <laughs> his first reaction was, oh, my God, what do I tell my wife? <laughs> to which my mom goes, honey, I was there. <laughs> my dad was a poor, struggling dental student yeah. at NYU yeah. and was up to his eyeballs in student loans and the fact that he could actually afford something other than ramen he took my mom out and my mom said um are you selling drugs <laughs> how are you paying for this did you rob a bank yeah and my dad said well you're either gonna love me and fall in love with me for this or like this is probably our last meal together right and my mom is now a shrink so she was in social work school at the time and my mom was like this is fantastic. Aphrodisiac. This is, this is a, yeah, that's weird because that's my parents. Sorry, but I, yes. I apologize. I, apologize. I, I, apologize. I know where I come from, obviously. Um, yeah, um, my mom was really into it. And my mom also wanted like six kids. And my dad was like, we can have one, which is hello, why I'm the favorite. Um, uh, so they settled on three. Um, so my mom knew. And I think I had to be somewhere in the back of their mind. I don't know how this gets so into I, 35 I think it years was the ago. Time. Like you said, I think it would just was the time. It was like, I'm going to do this. And whether kids happen or not, it's just so anonymous. Or it what was have so you anonymous. That like, it, was it was like, there's, I mean, there wasn't social media. There wasn't the no. World Wide Web. There wasn't Google. No. So it's no. like, I can understand how you can just feel so removed from it of those times. But like, I mean, like you said, how many years later? It's like, we live in a different place. So, and you know, for, for my dad, it was, a, it was, paying for his, it was helping him pay for school that he already couldn't afford it was donating to science in his world and he's like 
probably nothing will come for this. And if it does, that's kind of cool. Um, he was he was a dental student. He was in the medical world and he thought it was fascinating. Um, my dad was also um, an ENT and he had delivered babies in the back of an ambulance. So I think for him, it was all very just like medical and science and contributing to the medical society and the world. And he was just like, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, at least it helped me pay for my next meal and pay for some of my college credits. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all... It's really cool. I love my family. I love. Oh, you're making me so excited. You have no idea. Like all, it's like every fear I had has been flipped and turned over on its head. And like oh, now I it's like that. become a positive. Oh, I'm so excited to meet our donor. I have such a crush on him. Yay. <laughs> um, he's going to be like, that one, keep that one away from me. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's all so fascinating. And we're, I think, still at the precipice of like what is to come in this world for donors and donor recipients and the donor conceived community. And I am, I am so, again, I know I wear rosy colored glasses and the cup is always half full in my world. I am praying that the, that the narrative for the donor conceived community starts to change that we are seeing more of an influx of families like ours being open and transparent and celebratory. Yes. Like, like not only is this not hush hush, we already love our donor and like, we fantasize about meeting them and thanking them. Right. Well, this is the thing too, is like, I remember even like when we were showing friends and family our donor, they were like, so first they're like, he's so hot, right? That was like, like one of my family members said, hello, daddy. I'm like, yeah, right. Wow. However, the thing is, is that there <laughs> a lot of their immediate question, a lot of them was like, mm. they like judged. They were like, why'd he do this? <laughs> like, mm. rude. Rude. Interesting. But it was like, and then I, and then we kind of got insecure, like, well, I don't really know. And through listening to his uh, interview, he has like a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not humanitarian. It's not egalitarian. It's well, not- he says that he's loyal, fun, adventurous, goofy, and tough, which <laughs> is pretty well-rounded. It was like thinking of all these altruistic. There it is. Altruistic. There it is. Okay. What would we do without Google? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I would be in big trouble. Um, okay. Oh, I love that. I love yep. that. Yep. Um, he has a very altruistic perspective on the world. Mm. And mm. I think he said something that he had a family member who, um, I think a distant family member, but a family member nonetheless who was having fertility issues. It didn't go mm. into details, um, but basically said that they he saw their struggle and their journey and they were helped by a sperm donor. And so oh. he wanted to give that gift to other people. <laughs> oh, that makes me cry. I know. So he's like, he's such good people. And it's like hearing and being able people. to say to our families, well, he's altruistic. This is why he did this. It was mm-hmm. it was so nice too to be able to have that answer because otherwise your head could start spiraling. Like, why did he decide to do this? You know, when my dad donated, um, the requirements were few and far between. You had to be like HIV negative, mm-hmm. a certain GPA. Maybe that was it. Like, wow. like not not a whole lot. And the one of my one of my sisters <laughs> has the piece of paper that her mom had on the donor, on my dad. Okay. It's an eight and a half by 11 typewriter, front and back piece of paper. <laughs> when you become a family with us and you have your donor subscription, you have a you know subscription to our catalog and you found your donor, you report your pregnancy, there is a downloadable PDF ginormous file that you get of everything on your donor's profile. 
that is how much information we have on yes. our donor. Yes. Um, five years ago, it used to be they we used to send a, a jump drive. So I have a jump drive full of donor information. My my bio sibs parents had an eight and a half by eleven front and back. And, oh, the things they knew about my dad. He was six foot. He had brown curly hair. Uh, he was Jewish, and he played the saxophone. That. I think is hilarious. <laughs> I can count how many times my father has played the saxophone in my life. <laughs> Caveat though, he still has his saxophone. Right. Um, but of course you're a college kid and you say you played the saxophone. Of course. Um, and he really did play, right. um, but like that's all he knew. That's all they knew about him. Meanwhile, I'm... you and I have essays and donor conversations. You can hear yeah. the voice and- Ch Childhood pictures. I mean, it's- wild oh well i feel so much better this was a very healing podcast and also as you were saying that the donor narrative like you know is slowly changing i think yeah. this is a perfect example of how the narrative is changing seriously yeah. so yeah. sydney thank you yeah of course my pleasure this was so much fun so much fun i have one last question for you uh-oh tay and i are trying to figure out what our kids call us because we're both together. oh Mm-hmm. That so does not can't help. Be, can't be Mama Taylor and Mama Taylor. That doesn't work. So it can't be Mama T and Mama T again. So that's hilarious. Last names feels weird. Dude, <laughs> it's like one of us mommy and one of us mom. Like what? Yeah. What's the suggestion? This is the other thing Look, we're having a hard time with. My wife and I had a very easy out for this because my, my wife is Israeli. So she, I'm mommy and she's Ima, which is mom in Hebrew. Perfect. Um, so you can look at languages that resonate in your family units. Um, I, we have other same-sex friends that go by mama and mommy. Um, your kid will just, it'll come. It'll just kind of, sometimes there's two mamas and two mommies and you just, you're going to answer to your kid anyway. Do you know how many times my kid is going, Ema, Ema, e And I'm like, what? I'm not Ema, but Ema's not listening. So like, <laughs> I'm going to respond. Um, you you figure it out. Um, I, I know my mom was very adamant on being a certain name as a grandmother. And my kid, my daughter was like, no, your grandma. Right. My mom wanted like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you're not Greek. Um, <laughs> she wanted, she wanted Nama or like Mimi, like all these cutesy names. And my daughter, which is Sophia, she was like, that's grandma. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so formal. Um, so it oh imagine if my kids like, I want to call you mother. I'll be like, actually, mother. now with ballroom culture and where we are, I, actually, I would be honored to be called mother. But, yeah, I, you know, uh, it's a little formal. All I can say is that what, what stings is when your child becomes of the age where you go from mama or mommy to mom. Oh. Because I have a feeling that you will both eventually be just mom. And you're well, like, my heart, my baby, what happened? We're used um, to being called the same thing over and over and over again. So maybe we've actually go. been preparing for it. You could do mama and mommy and... and I want to be mommy. I've decided. Yeah. I, mommy, I But here's the thing. So I'm mommy. But like when you have a baby and you're trying to get them to talk, even though they can't, you they keep won't. going mama mama so everybody kind of and mama all of my kids first sounds are dada well so that's by the, the thing way, da no, is like the easiest i'm no dummy i thought i would nominate myself to be dada 
Yeah, be dad dad. Literally. I feel- My, not only was it Thea's first, all three of their kids' first sounds, Thea also called bananas dad dad. So we'd go into the grocery store, dad dad And I was like, I just, <laughs> I didn't think this through. Any like D-A, B-A, Baba, that's like, if you want to go a like clever route, look up the sounds that babies say first, and that should be your name. Nice, smart. I'm going to do it. No one tell Taylor Donahue I'm doing this. No one tell her. Oh. Earmuffs. Seriously, as you're at it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Sydney, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yes. Where can everybody find you and connect with California Cryobank as well? Everybody should go to cryobank.com um, and everybody should create a lovely little profile with us. Creating a, an account and profile with us is free. Accessing our donor catalog is not but your friends, the Taylors, have a wonderful promo code. If you use promo code Taylor, yes. it'll get you a free level two subscription. Um, or you can apply that to a level three subscription and it'll significantly discount that for you. Amazing. Amazing. You guys, yeah. I'm telling you, there are not enough words to express my like just complete appreciation and love of mm. California Cryobank. I mean, you guys working with you guys in every capacity has just been incredible and i'm very proud to be part of the california cryobank family so thank you we are proud to have you we can't wait to see the rest of your story unfold you know how to find me if you need anything yes sydney thank you so much you are a you're dream you're very welcome a dream. you're very welcome you guys that is it for us uh you know i always say it so please rate review and subscribe it's like the way that you show the podcasters that you love your love and yeah that is it for us until next week bye girl bye Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.